0: welcome to She Thinks A Podcast, where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg. And on today's episode, Representative Barbara Ehart joins us to talk about the We Won't Back Down rally at the NCAA convention, where current and former NCAA female athletes, coaches, and parents demanded equal athletic opportunity for women. Representative Ehart will also speak to the legislation in states designed to protect the integrity of women's sports, and will also discuss the trends she's seen nationwide and the landscape ahead on the issue. Representative Barbara Ehart is a former 15-year career NCAA Division I women's basketball coach, former NCAA basketball player, and currently a member of the Idaho House of Representatives from the 33rd District. Representative Ehart, a pleasure to have you on she Thinks.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so very much.
0: And we are going to get into that exciting rally that took place last week. But before we do, I always like to learn a little bit about our guests who come on. Would love to hear about how you made sports your career. Obviously, it's been a part of your life for so long. How did you get involved in sports?
1: You know, the first thing I've got to tell you, just uh, and, and this is key for the legislation, but growing up, that's what I want. I was born in the 60s, grew up in the 70s, and People would ask me growing up, what is it that I wanted to do? And I would literally tell them, I want to play sports. And I was literally told, that's not what girls do. And so uh, literally, Title IX changed my life and gave me the opportunity to not just play in junior high and high school, but to go on and play collegiately, uh, D1, which for me was incredibly important, and then to go on and coach for 15 years. So the gentleman for whom I played at Idaho State, had asked me to follow him to uc santa barbara so i was at uc santa barbara for like seven years and then uh, byu uh then back in the pac-10 i, I have a hard time calling it the pac-12 well now it's a pac-2 but um <laughs> at washington state and then back to the big west as uh the head coach at uh, cal state fullerton so it's been an awesome experience and just really coaching is different that that uh, college coaching world is different, but it was incredibly gratifying and very rewarding and uh, really set the stage for for the things that I've done with the legislation.
0: And not all women make sports their career, but many of them do get scholarships and go on to uh, pay for their college through being able to play in sports. And thinking about the women that you've coached, the women that you've played with over the years, what do you think the benefit has been for women to compete
1: Without a doubt, I believe that women benefit even more than men. We know that the benefits are vast. I oftentimes I have the opportunity to speak to that when I, when I speak to various groups. But let me just share with you a, a number that to this day still hasn't changed, and it's a staggering number: ninety-five percent of female CEOs had sports in their background many at the collegiate level that's a number that doesn't even transcend or you know you you can't compare that on the men's side but one of the one of the greatest things i think we learn through sports and i think it particularly helps us as women is we learn conflict resolution now you can i i'm all for all of our kids having the opportunity to compete in debate and speech and all of that and that has value and purpose and helps give meaning to the lives of of young people But sports, when you think about it, you're not going to learn conflict resolution in choir like you're going to learn it on the basketball court, whether it's conflict resolution with your teammates, with your coaches, with the opposition, with the uh, referees, you are constantly dealing with that. And what a huge preparatory experience when it comes to your future career, because you're really, when you think about the whole of, of our work, so much of it is based on conflict resolution and so but but uh sports is also a means by which women in particular are able to gain confidence and um you know just the just the fact that they we can do hard things and i don't know uh you know women i i certainly i believe women have always done hard things but those hard things i don't believe were recognized and allowed them to go to the places a hundred years ago that doing hard things and gaining that confidence and stepping out and forward you know, on a court like like their male counterparts, it, it's it presented different opportunities. In my opinion, uh, so sports, in my opinion, is incredibly valuable. And let me just say, you had mentioned scholarships, and without a doubt, those opportunities we do not want men to take away from us. But I actually had been the huge advocate for that player number twelve or fifteen, the last player kept on the team, the last female player kept, because when we add men boys that's the player that's going to get cut and those are the players I mean you know those that are going to get a scholarship they're still going to bet those are the players that are going to miss out on benefiting from the lessons learned through sport I recognize they're not going on they're barely going to hit the court they're barely you know they may not make the team the following year if they're a junior but the lessons they learn are so invaluable to their families their future children, even the in connection they'll have with their spouse and certainly to their communities. So I, I hate to see that last player, number 12, lose her opportunity because of men or boys. And
0: I think so many of us women are just surprised that this is what we're having to fight these days, fighting against men wanting to compete against women and yeah. even sports organizations allowing that to happen. Do you remember where you were when you first heard that this was possible, that men would be competing with women, or you learned that they had? Where were you? And did you even think it was real when you heard it?
1: Um, Well, being in the sports world, when people started talking about gender identity, you know, there were the four words, sexual orientation, gender identity. And I myself, uh, probably 15 years ago or more, uh, basically said out loud and to friends you know this is going to transcend into college i, I certainly wasn't thinking in high school what i was thinking about is that opportunistic male since it's just gender identity we didn't even think of it as it is today that opportunistic male who would like to just get college paid for because college is so expensive i said you wait they're going to be wanting to jump on the women's team get college paid for be a woman during practice a man at night and i mean that that was you know the uh so i actually did entertain those ideas but what really uh, put it over the edge for me is in 2018, listening, watching, and I started posting very early on about what was happening in Connecticut. And that was really the driving force for my getting involved. Just thinking after post, after first there was just Yearwood, then there's Miller and they're they're taking, just two, two mill athletes are now winning everything. And they won in the course of 18 months, 15 state championships in Connecticut and, you know, like took away 85 other opportunities. It was ridiculous. And I kept thinking, why doesn't somebody do something about that? And it was on an evening walk, pondering. I wasn't even setting out to ponder that and I couldn't get it out of my head. And it just overwhelmingly came to me and in my mind that I needed to do something about that. I was a lawmaker. I had the the past credentials, the athletic credentials uh, having, you know, played and coached to do something like that. And that's what set me out on what took two years, almost two years to get that done and to bring it forward. It wasn't an easy piece of legislation. I couldn't find anyone even to help, you know, and the LSO and here our LSO services weren't helping. They kept providing an out for the, the, the boys and the men. I'm like, no, no, they don't get to appeal this to anybody. They don't get to play. I was very adamant. About that from the very beginning.
0: Well, the legislation referring to is called the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. This is designed to protect opportunities for girls and women in sports, just like Title IX was designed to do. Yes. Can you give us a breakdown about which states have enacted this legislation and are there any absolutely. states that are currently looking at it?
1: Oh, abs- absolutely. I'd love to give you that breakdown, uh, especially since I've had the great pleasure of being involved in so many of the states. We have currently, um, well, let me say, we currently, let me hmm. explain how we have this. We sure. have 23 states that have actually enacted policies. Now, Ohio passed through their, both their House and their Senate, they passed the legislation to enact the policy. Unfortunately, their governor uh, went ahead and vetoed it. And why he did that is beyond us. Nonetheless, he vetoed it. But the the House has overridden him and the Senate has the votes and it's just a matter i think that's coming up here pretty soon so they will override and so they will be the 24th state on top of that alaska had their legislators and their legislators were unable to enact this policy so alaska's state board of education enacted the policy for k through 12 have had a few of our states as we've gone forward that only did K through 12. We have a couple left this past year in 2023. uh, We had Alabama and Texas, which was huge. Talk about sport states, but take care and add their higher ed. So um, we absolutely will count Alaska in our win column so that as soon as Ohio does what they need to do, we will have 26 states. That's over half our states. Nope. Did I say 20? 25 states. I'm so sorry. 25 states. That's half our states who will be on board in protecting opportunities for girls and women. And why shouldn't they? The other thing that's so unique about this, this legislation, this, I, I say legislation, the entire idea, polls across the nation at, a mm, couple polls might be a little different, 75 to 80%. Th- those are huge numbers that crosses all boundaries. That's men, women. That's Republican, Democrat, Black, white, rich, poor. Basically, parents, grandparents, and everyone else do not want their daughters to have their opportunities taken away. This is an easy piece of legislation to support, to be quite honest.
0: And it's not just only the opportunities, which of course is a major part. It's also a safety issue. More and more, we're seeing how women have been injured. And I was hoping you could speak a little bit to that because we do have, let's say the NCAA that says, well, if we test for the testosterone and estrogen levels and whatever else they test for, that it's safe for men to compete with women. They're the same. What do you have to say about the biological differences regardless of what type of hormones uh, a man may be on Why, in your opinion, can he never compete at a woman's level and always be at a male level?
1: Well, let me see if I can hit this real quickly on a couple of levels. First, until this started to come up over the last couple of years, if you would have asked anybody at any time, stepping back 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 years ago, who would be stronger, faster, more apt uh, to, to lift and carry larger amounts of weight, without a doubt. No one would have been confused. Everyone would have said that men were stronger, faster, you know, better um, at, you know, at certain things. And nobody would have thought, even for a moment, that women should be subjected to that. But, of course, we've had some confusing times. But let me give you an example. There are, there are those who would like to purport to say that if boys don't go through puberty, then, then all is well. You know, if we stop that and we basically support subjecting and sterilizing our children, which is a bridge too far for me, then all is well. They should be able to compete with girls. But that's such—that is not the case. And I am telling you, yeah, having coached basketball, that means I run basketball camps and clinics, and I—I I run leagues. And um, you know, uh, where I work, I run leagues for the little kids. So that means kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade. That—that had been our niche. I cannot tell you how many times through the years. I had, and, and and that has been co-ed, you know. But I cannot tell you how many times through the years there have been a group of parents who have some athletic daughters who ended up being athletic as they got older, and so they decided to put the an all girls team together, and that all girls team then had to play basically against all boys teams. And I, I am telling you, time after time, without an exception, these little girls playing against the boys were slower. They were more timid. The boys would grab the ball and go down the other end and score they'd step in front and steal the ball the girls would go to pivot they'd knock them over the girls would cry i am not exaggerating this this is this is what i what what i do and what i'd run i would i took a second grade all girls team and in order to because they could not compete against the second grade all boys i had to move them all the way down to a kindergarten league for them to compete as all girls so i have seen it firsthand that the the stories that they purport to say that that it's okay if they don't go through do it. No, it's not okay at all. The differences are evident from the beginning, boys are boys, girls are girls. And with that XY comes a, a, generally speaking, for the most part, a different mentality aggression, um, you know, and and as girls, we don't typically have that. So uh but as as we all get older and uh, you know the the testosterone and, and those things that make us different is you, you can't taking hormones suppress it. None of that works. I, you know, um, they they've tried it at different places and we've seen some of the results, I believe, uh, as you well know, Peyton McNabb, who had experienced, um, you know, being hit in the face by a boy in North Carolina. And I've met and spoken with her a number of times. She's not the same right and, and her life will, Possibly never be the same because she was subjected to that, and there's you know, it's almost like PT, PTSD. Um, another person who is at the rally, which I know we're going to get to, and Paula Scanlon had shared this. Paula had experienced, you know, uh, you know, on the site abuse, and this, and she was subjected then to have to be in a locker room with a naked, you know, as, as Riley Gaines would say, fully intact male. It, 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 it's not sometimes we get into arguments of oh how much testosterone and all that what about just the right and wrong you know but but the nca of course likes to divert the nca has a responsibility and used to care about that responsibility but the nca has a responsibility to protect women they do and they and and they have Completely failed in that responsibility, and we are hoping, still hoping, and will continue uh, to petition them that they will step up and do what is right. And and it's not, and it's not just the NCA. You know, many of the corporations. I I had shared with a few of of uh, you know our friends and new friends last week when we were at the rally in 1995. I was coaching at UC Santa Barbara. And Nike, who we're sponsored by, actually, I've always been sponsored by Nike. Nike did a groundbreaking ad, and you all can Google it. It's it's called... If you let me play sports is a 30 second ad. And what they do is they go through these little girls, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. And they're telling us, Hey, if you'll let me play sports, these are the benefits that I will get as a girl. If you let me play sports, it includes like 60% less likely to get breast cancer, uh, 60% pretty high numbers, less likely to get pregnant before I want to, um, you know, they'll be able to walk away from a man who beats them. These are all traits for females. This has nothing to do with someone who wants to identify as a female. And and again, Nike used to be a huge, that was groundbreaking. All in favor of girls and women. And they seem to also have lost their way. And they've forgotten the stance they used to take in supporting this. And it's just, it's shameful, really. It's shameful. And so it's, it's now because we're fighting this at the federal level. You know, it's taken states, courageous states and state legislators mm-hmm. and those and, and governors to step up and do what everybody else should have done. And I'm I am so proud of all of these states and, and everyone who stepped forward to support women and girls as we should. It's incredibly important. And we, you know, we're able to talk about it under sports, but it affects all facets of our lives. Correct.
0: Correct. Well, I want to get to that rally. So the reason why this rally took place was the NCAA had a convention in Phoenix last week, and you decided to show up with other women's advocacy groups from across the political spectrum to try to get the NCAA to revoke its controversial transgender student-athlete participation policy. Tell us a little bit about the rally. Who was there? And do you think any progress was made?
1: Well, the, probably the most important person to have there was Riley Gaines. I'll t- let, let me quickly say something about Riley. What a blessing she's been to this movement. I actually flew out through Save Women Sports in 2022. We were in the legislative session, and I flew out to Atlanta when for the NCAA swimming championships. I was able to see Leah Thomas win and and dominate. I was able to see just up. Close how large Leah Thomas is, because Leah Thomas is a man. Uh, so we had Riley there, Paula Scanlon, then I know I'm going to forget and miss people. Coach Kim Russell was there. Uh, um, we, we had people all across the spectrum and stories. We had um, um uh Christy Mitchell, Chelsea Mitchell's mom, one of the Connecticut runner, runners. Uh, and other moms from ronick and their stories were heartbreaking you're you're hearing stories of their daughters who were throwing up at night throwing up at night because they're put under such stress and pressure with this issue um i i you you might have the list there but it was wonderful it was uh, we we had another coach join us um uh, former NCAA Division One uh, volleyball coach. I'm I'm so thrilled. I'm in the process of working to get, uh, you know, our own group, official group of of uh, both former and current coaches. Uh, the goal being to help to give coaches an out, a cover, to help them if they want to stand up like Kim Russell did, that they don't have to do it alone. And hopefully they won't get fired and lose their profession. We coach because we love it. And we love doing, we love working with the youth and the fact that, and, and the young women, and the fact that we happen to say something so obvious that, Uh, It's wrong for boys to take our spots. You get fired for that. That's completely wrong. Let me also mention that we would have had Coach Sylvia Hatchell. She is a former University of North Carolina Tar Heel women's coach. I was there when they won, I think it was in 1994, when they won a national championship on a last-second out-of-bounds shot. It was incredibly exciting, but Sylvia showed up with us. When we testified in North Carolina to help move that bill forward again, getting North Carolina this year to sign and pass this legislation again was huge because you're talking about some of these schools that are absolutely blue blood schools. You know, and again, you think of Texas having Texas on board for college. I I mean, I want to hear the NCAA tell Texas, you know, I think we're going to punish you. I don't think they're going to do that. So it's, it was an exciting rally. I was, I was honored to be a part of it. You, um, there's been four that have, that's been had, and I've been blessed to be at all four.
0: And I heard that you maybe have led some chants at these very vocal.
1: (laughs) You know what? I'm, I have a little bit of that coach in me. And even when I stand here at the Idaho state legislative floor, all my colleagues call me coach. And I do sound different on the floor than they do. I guess um, that that's probably never going to leave me.
0: And something else that happened at this rally is following, you had Riley Gaines, who had a petition. It is, and also a demand letter with over 70,000 signatures she actually handed to some of the officials at the NCAA. Yes. I think that's astonishing. I think that's stunning. Do you think the NCAA is looking at this and feeling the heat. I'm assuming they're at least feeling the heat. 100%,
1: without a doubt. As a matter of fact, even before we got there, um, as I too, see, I had had audience with former NCAA president Mark Mark Emmert. And even multiple times, multiple Zoom conferences, I would text him and he'd even return the text messages. Uh, And that was helpful. And the fact that haven't been able to have an audience with Charlie Baker, not myself, nor anyone, has been disconcerting. However, I, d- I did receive a message from Charlie's C- chief of staff that he would meet with me and, you know, uh, a few others. And, and he should meet w- with more. But uh, he wouldn't do it at Phoenix. So we're going we're going to hold him to it. Unfortunately, I'll probably have to fly to Indianapolis. But we'll do what we need to do to to keep moving forward. But the NCA. Everyone else who was there, they were very aware, well aware that we were there. Last year, when we showed up at San Antonio, we had fewer people speak to us, acknowledge us. We'd have people going by and giving us a thumb up and uh, people are aware and the pressure is on the NCA, and I just can't imagine, including with Dr. Linda Livingston at Baylor, who's the uh, NCA governing board's president you know, she's, that's that one of their four pillars is a spiritual pillar. She has a spiritual message, you know, uh, on, on her bio. I cannot believe that somehow she would think from any perspective, including that, that this is right. And so, but what's nice is as we continue to gather these names and so many former coaches, which, you know, certainly is very pleasing to me with the athletes. And we, I feel like we've, we're giving them, a reason and a great cover and opportunity to step forward and do the right thing. And we'll stand with them. And there are others who will stand with them. And I think also, as I understand that we're, we're not trying to punish them. We need them to step up. So more aren't punished.
0: And so just as we're looking at the lay of the land, I think it's encouraging to hear from you, to see all these signatures, to see a rally. I, I think that encouragement is needed because what we often hear in the news is just another sporting event, female sporting yes. event, where you have a biological man competing against women and, of course, winning. Not surprising that the man is winning. Surprise. Where do you where do you see things go? Is that the progress that you're making in other coaches and players? Are you matching the speed at which we are seeing men allowed to compete against women?
1: Well, first, excellent, excellent question. Uh, I believe that we are. And you know why I think we are? Because the ACLU and the the GLAAD and some of these other, they, they have a lot of groups on the other side that push and really stick up for those men who want to identify as women. And when you read the stuff they put out, I, I believe they have found themselves at first, they dominated everything, and now they find themselves barely being able to keep up because it's not when it was just Idaho, when it was just us being the first. We were descended upon by the rest of the nation and all of these groups, money pouring into Idaho against this legislation. Kudos to our Governor Little for staying strong and signing it. But now, as we're all hitting on so many different things and, and you know, we have this rally going on and and, and someone like Riley Gaines and now joined by Paula Scanlon and, you know, independent women, everybody's speaking up. It's put the, our what used to be the other side where they were able to, you know, be on the offensive they're as much on the defensive as ever. And yeah. so that that certainly helps. When you look at the polling and it's polling 75, 80%, let me give you a piece of what I think um, information that for me tells me this, we're winning. And that was last year in 2023 when Alabama decided to, hey, we're going to revisit the the higher ed so that we're going to do this for our universities, where they had no crossover when they brought it for K-12. 17 democrats crossed over to vote for it and because people think it's a political issue it's not but unfortunately when it's been uh used as legislation it seems to be polarized or or at least it was in the beginning 17 democrats crossed over and i think they had something like Ten um, abstain. Uh, when it went to Texas, we had like twelve Democrats cross over, five abstain, abstain from voting. That wasn't the case when we brought it the first time. More and more Democrats are hearing from their constituents and or their own daughters, or, you know uh, family, where they know this is the right thing to do, and and that gives me great hope. Just seeing that movement, in, incredibly move. With the part that makes it more difficult. Uh, in my opinion, is not so much the high schools and what's happening out there, but but when we're talking about the university system, where is that located? That's located in academia. Academia, I'll use the term, tends to be woke. And so I believe that's where they they have more pressure internally from those who advocate for things that I think are absolutely ridiculous and be, that I, I can't even understand. So that's the battle we're up against. But I believe that we've, we've made the biggest inroads. I'm very optimistic for yeah. what we're doing.
0: Now, it's exciting to see as I even being part of IWF and seeing what so many women who are part of this organization have done and our coalition partners like you, it's encouraging to see just one final question for you for Mm -hmm. listeners who are proud of what you're doing. They're thankful for what you're doing. How can they get involved and make a difference if they haven't been part of the sporting community but want to speak up for women's spaces remaining female?
1: That is the next issue we we actually had spoken about that. We need to have a place where they can um, sign up and and where we can help them do a better job of getting involved. Certainly they can come to you know my my um, political site uh, or or even just my Facebook, Barbara Ehart, um, whatever I am, Facebook it, it's on there. but we I, I know Riley Gaines is somebody they've allowed to, She's allowed to, uh, people get in touch, and she's helped to um, direct them. But we will do a better job of that, and we'll help. Independent women women have been awesome. You guys have been fantastic. You have helped us do things that I don't know that we were doing before, uh, and I'm sure that you'll help us lead out as we, as we make it uh, easier for people to get involved with us.
0: Well, we so appreciate all that you are doing to help women and women's sports. I should say instead of Representative Barbara Ehart, Coach Ehart, thank you for joining us on on She Thinks. We so appreciate it. Um, Take care. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us. Before you go, Independent Women's Forum does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. An investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting IWF.org backslash donate. That's IWF.org backslash donate. Last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or a review. It does help. And we love it if you share this episode so your friends can know where they can find more She Thinks. From all of us here at IWF, thanks for watching.